0: Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit SozoSMTX.com. How many of you know he's in the house? Wow. You know, uh, when you came in, you, you probably received this little cup. How many of you did not, anybody here not receive the cup? Okay. We have, have some more cups, we'll get you one. But you know, when Natalie was talking about something new is happening, I, I just looked down at my cup and I said, wow, something new has happened and something new is happening. I mean, this is the promise of a better covenant, a better way. And so I'm, a, I'm, I'm gonna give you a little preview of where we're heading toward the end of the service but this just excites me that every day something new and different is at our disposal in King Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let, we're, I'm really excited about this series. Legacy is what we're calling this series. And uh, just, you know, what does family, what does kingdom family look like? You know, we, we have this idea of what family looks like. We have this idea that the world gives us of what family looks like in the 21st century and, and all this. But I want us to, st- to talk a little bit about legacy and what generational thinking looks like. So what does legacy mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's, let's take a look at, at a definition here of legacy. Legacy is something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or a predecessor. That's, that's just dictionary talk. What does that mean? Something that has been passed on to you and something that you pass on to others. That's what legacy is. You know, it might, it might be an estate, a piece of land. It might be values of your family. But legacy is something that is passed on. It's a generational thing. So I think today I want us to talk about thinking generationally. We live in a very me-centered, kind of our time, our culture uh, mindset, and we don't think about where we've come from, what's been handed to us, what we're building upon. How many of you know that that we're building upon somebody's shoulders, okay? Okay. You know, uh, I'm so grateful. I've lived in San Marcos now for, this is going on my eighth year, but I lived here when I was going to college and I know there have been people that have been praying for this very place that we're at right now for decades and decades and decades. And so a lot of what we experience today is building upon the, you know, really our our, their ceiling is our floor. We're building from there. And so that's what legacy is really all about. Um, so two questions this morning. What have I received from former generations? And what will I pass on to the next generation? Uh, I remember back some years ago, I was uh, in my 20s and uh, I was a youth pastor at a church in South Austin, and we had a daycare in our church. And so I kind of poked in one day at the daycare and the, the daycare teacher was asking the kids this question, what does your daddy do for a living? Okay. And so, you know, one kid said, well, my dad's, my dad's a plumber. know. another kid said, well, my dad's a school teacher. And so she looked over at the little girl who was the pastor's daughter. And just, just a little girl, and she says, what does your daddy do for a living? You know, look for a little variety in the deal. And the little girl thought for a minute, she said, um, my daddy works on cars. And, and, and she, you know, she thought, well, maybe she didn't understand it. She says, no, no, does he do anything else? She says, well, my daddy lift, lifts weights, Well, the truth was, I mean, he did spend a lot of time working on cars and lifting weights. You know, what we think sometimes our legacy is, is not how others perceive our legacy at all. You know, because legacy is really how people see us. What sticks? What is it about you that's sticky that people will remember forever and ever? And uh, you know it's a little funny, but it's but it's a little sad too. That a lot of t- times the things that are, we're most passionate about, that we love the most, that's what people will remember us about. That's the legacy that we'll pass on to other people. So, legacy or kingdom legacy begins with learning to think generationally. You know, this past Christmas. I received the most meaningful Christmas gift that I've ever gotten in my entire life. That's pretty significant, in it? And it's, it's this simple band, it's a leather band with some beads, five beads, uh, gold and silver beads. And my, my bride, Lisa, gave this to me. And when I opened it up, I thought, okay, what, what is that? But I began to look at it, and on each one of these beads is the name of my sons. One, the first one says Ryan, and then the second one says Joshua, the third one says Caleb, and the fourth one says Nathan. But there's a fifth bead on there, and that bead says legacy, legacy. Guys, I want you to know, when I got this, I just, you know, it was like I totally didn't expect it. And I'm like not a, a big Christmas gift receiver. That's not a big, that's not a love language to me. But when I received this, it spoke so much deeper than just a leather band with some beads on it. And so every day I'll wake up and I'm reminded. I'm reminded of who I am. I'm reminded of what's entrusted to me. I'm reminded to pray for the kingdom calling of each one of my sons. And and I'm reminded that it's all about legacy. It's all about passing the faith along. It's all about being a good steward of what we've received and giving it to someone else. Because I realize that the starting point is not me. You know what I mean? I've received a lot that I get to be a steward of. And one of the things that my wife and I have have learned, we've been in ministry now for over 30 years, 35 years. But the greatest assignment that we have is our four sons. Parents, I want you to hear that. Whatever you do, your greatest assignment is your children because your children will live eternally. They they are the greatest representation of really who you are and they will extend the kingdom beyond you. Your legacy will live on through them. So that's what I wanna talk about this morning and to kind of illustrate that, I'm going to get some help this morning from my son, Nathan. Where you at, Nathan? Are you in here? Oh, come on up. This is is my son, Nathan. And he is bringing my grandson, Lavin. Come on into the light. This is, y'all give it up for Nathan and Lavin. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Good to see you. Now, that's a champ right there, huh? Wow. So this is three generations of Smothers men, okay? You know, I was thinking about it, and I am one of the three oldest living Smothers. And guess who the youngest living Smothers man is? Right here. So uh, I am 58. Nathan, how old are you? Do you remember how old you are? 29. 29. And Laven here, Laven, how old are you? Eight months as of yesterday. So we've got a pretty good representation of legacy here. Three different generations, right? And so I was just thinking about this as there, there are some things that were handed to me by my dad that I received and now I've given to you and I'm watching those things go to Laven. I mean, can you think of anything, anything come to mind that, uh, see, we've not rehearsed this at all. So yeah, he's on the spot. I'll give you, for instance, an example. A granddad loved music, mm-hmm. right? I mean, my grand, my dad was, uh, he was always in some kind of a bluegrass or barbershop quartet or gospel group or whatever. When I grew up, my brother and sister and I, and my dad, we sang. Now, that gift, that um, legacy that my dad passed on to me My wife Lisa and I, who can sing better than any of us, we pass that on to to Nathan. Okay? Was worship good today? Amen. Aren't you glad for the gift? Mm -hmm. Now, what about this guy here? Does he love music? Absolutely. You know, isn't it fun just to watch him whenever music comes on? I mean, he just he's there. Mm -hmm. He loves it. And you I I even hear him trying to sing a little bit there. So so that's one thing. You know, sports, for instance. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad passed that on to me. I passed that on to you. And I I believe this guy might like sports one day. God willing, Lord Jesus, do it. (laughs) Okay. You know, one of the things my dad did was he, he gave me a love for people. You know, I mean, he just, I was thinking about my dad this morning. I was out walking my dog early this morning. And I thought about my dad. He walked everywhere, you know, and he just would meet people and talk to people. And he knew so many people. And I I was thinking about, Nathan called me last night and he said, hey, Dad, you know, tomorrow, today is the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, I was just thinking, it might be a good idea if we had some people over your house and uh, watch the Super Bowl. (laughs) So Nate was already connecting all these people here. And so those are the types of things that generationally are passed on. But the thing that I'm most grateful for is that my, my dad and my mom pass Jesus on to me. They, they, I, I, you know, we're, we're not all at the same, we don't come out of the chute in the same place. You know, I, I'm blessed that I've had generations. Yeah, that's a good one to yell, yeah. I, I received Jesus at an early age. And you know, there'll be a day, Nathan, that, that you know, there'll be some teachers gonna ask uh, Lavin, they're gonna say, hey, so what, is, what does your daddy do for a living, you know? And, uh, you know, he might say, well, you know, he 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 sharpens knives and, and plays music. Because you do that, right? right? But wouldn't it be better if he said, you know, my daddy worships Jesus and he brings people into the present. He's a wholehearted worshiper of Jesus, mm-hmm. you know? You know, he might say for his mama, you know, my mama, she makes... E- people eat healthy food. <laughs> but wouldn't it be better if he says, you know, my mom loves people and she cares about their health. You know, he might say, you know, my mom and dad made me go to church. Or he might say, you know, mom and dad taught me about how much Jesus loves me. You know? So I want to just get, pray a, a prayer. About you go bless you. Pray, pray a prayer. A of blessing <laughs> over you guys. And, uh, And just, I I think if you're near someone in your family, a daughter, a son, whomever, just kind of extend your hand toward them. And I'm just gonna pray a prayer that really would apply to all of us here. Lord, I thank you that you've created us to be a generational people, Lord, Uh, in the same way that you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You're you're the God of Steve, Nathan, and Lavin, Lord. And God, I, I thank you that, that my ceiling will be the floor that Nathan builds on. And the same for Laban, that, that he will begin with an advantage that others don't have. I pray that he would never know, a, never know a day that was not filled with the glory of Jesus in his life and his household growing up. And Lord, we, we do. We just wanna love this young man well. Lord, I wanna love my son, Nathan, well. I'm just so proud of him uh, this is my son whom I love, and I'm, I'm so pleased with your life and how it emanates through him. And so, Lord, I speak your blessing uh, through the generations, Lord, not only in my family, but every family in this place. We thank you for the past. We're grateful for the present. And we just look forward to a glorious future of your kingdom expanding and extending and advancing in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, bless you guys. Y'all can be seated. Let's give it up for them. You know, I think, I think part of legacy is really a desire in our hearts that our children, our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, they exceed us in everything, you know, to believe that this thing is progressing, that what God is doing is greater and greater revelation of himself. And for those of you who are here that uh, have, have been in the church for a while, maybe you're my age, and you, you, if, if you have been, you have seen dramatic shift. Uh, there are days I wake up and I think, God, it is so exciting what you are doing in the body of Christ, how your kingdom is advancing, how it's moving forward. So the truth is we've all received legacy, but here's the deal. Some of you might be saying, you know what? I've received a legacy, but it's, it has not been a good one. It's been a very traumatic, very painful, very hurtful legacy. My family line has not known Jesus and it's been very abusive to me. Some of the greatest pains that have been inflicted on me are abuses from the church. Maybe that's your story. Can I give you some really good news? The legacy of your family can begin today. You, you can be the first generation that breaks the chain, that breaks the curse, that breaks all of that stuff from the past and moving forward, you can be the one that everybody points back to and says, man, I am so grateful for great, great granny, whoever, Emily. <laughs> yeah, Lord do it. I prophesy many children that will call you blessed. Amen. You know, but, but we've got to think differently. We've got to have a different perspective. We've got to think generationally. Now, I want to talk a little bit about what are some of the elements of a kingdom legacy? What does a kingdom legacy look like? Let, give us a picture of that, if, if we could get a, a slide on that. This is what kingdom legacy looks like. Kingdom legacy is relational, revelational, and generational. Let's say it together. Kingdom legacy is relational, revelational, and generational. Important that we get that. That's why we must learn to think generationally. You know, for those of you who know me, you know I just, I love the scripture. I love the Bible. I love to see how God has worked uh, relationally, covenantally, through Scripture with His people. The first thing I wanna say a little bit about relational, I won't spend long on that. Relational or family is the very nature of who God is. If if you miss this, you miss everything. Because God, if you start at the very beginning in Genesis one, you've gotta pick up on this activity between Father, Son, and Spirit from the very beginning in creation whenever mankind is created, God says, I will make mankind in our likeness, in our image, in this interdependent mutual relationship of love that the father is. He's relational. That's the very nature of who he is. Again, I'm so grateful for my dad and for my mom and the relational aspect that they put into my life. But a second component or element of a kingdom legacy is revelational, revelational. What, what does that mean, to have revelation? Uh, I think of immediately the story of Jesus with his disciples in, John, in um, um, Matthew uh, 16. You remember the story? At Caesarea Philippi, and Jesus is there with them, and they have a little home group right there with the guys, and Jesus asked them the, the icebreaker question. He says, who do men say that I am? That's a, that's a good story to start a little group, isn't it? And they're, they're all, you know, because there's not a wrong answer to that one, is there? All right. Well, some of, some of them say Jeremiah, some, some say Elijah, some, some say John the Baptist, come back from the dead, a little weird. And, and, and Jesus looks at it and he says, good. Okay, now here's the second question. Who, who do you, I mean, that's bringing it down now. Who do you say that I am? And, you know, I, I can just picture everybody just kind of, you know, ministering to their shoes, you know, nobody wanting to say anything. And, and Simon Peter says, you're the Christ, the Messiah, son of the living God. And what does Jesus, what does Jesus say to him? Go hey, ahead. Blessed are you, Simon John. You didn't get that on your own. That was revealed to you from heaven. Can I tell you, we, we can know a lot about God, but until he reveals himself, unveils himself face to face, we don't know him, right? Uh, quick, quick scripture here, we'll look at it in, Matthew, in Mark, Mark 1. I, I use this scripture just about every week because I love it, it's one of my favorites. It says, after John was put in prison, Jesus went to Galilee proclaiming the good news. And it says, Let's keep on going here. I need my prompter here. He said, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. You're gonna have to change the way you think and see my goodness. So Jesus walks by the sea of Galilee and he sees Simon, the same Peter, and his brother, Andrew, casting a net in the lake for they were fishermen. And Jesus says to them, come, follow me. And I will send you out to fish for people. Same, same Peter. This is with his first encounter. It was divine revelation that got these guys out of their boat. They had a first hand revelation of Jesus. Now, let me ask you something. Have you had a first hand revelation of Jesus? Because, see, the opposite of what I was talking about earlier about being a generational people is being a people that give information to your children, to those around you, but, it, but it's, and they understand about, they, they have this understanding about God, but they've never had an encounter. They've never had a firsthand revelation with him. Can I tell you, a secondhand revelation of Jesus is the quickest way to snuff out the life in a church. I was at a uh, youth camp back several years ago with Robert Mearns. Some of y'all know Robert Mearns. He's a my uh, Irish friend and Irish and, and Robert is just straightforward Robert all the time. And so we're at this meeting and there's uh, my church from Dripping Springs, a bunch of ragtag kids, many of them didn't even know Jesus from a doorknob, and and then this group from Houston that were just like toy soldiers. I mean, these guys were lined up. They I mean They knew their Bible drills. They looked good. They looked sharp, knew all the right answers, and I was a little intimidated, honestly. I just started this church, and I had my youth group there, and Robert was there, and I was kind of teaching with him, and and he said, oh, man, I like your group. And I'm thinking, well, okay. And uh, he said, uh, uh, and, and we began to talk and, and I was really beginning to feel kind of insecure because the, the other pastor of a church that was there um, was was really picking on my kids. You know, he was saying, man, the girl's not dressing right and this guy said a bad word. And, I, and I'm thinking, these guys don't even know Jesus. You know, let's give them a break. Let's don't hold them to a standard that they can't hold. You know, are we gonna teach them how to fake it? You understand what I mean? And so what happened was, one, one night we were in the middle of a meeting here and uh, guess what? The Holy Spirit just showed up. You ever had one of those meetings? Robert, Robert spoke and he, I mean, it was a short meeting. He said, look, there's some of you here who've been playing the game and you, you have a mommy and daddy's religion. You, you, you have this secondhand revelation of Jesus, but you've never encountered Jesus for yourself. And he says, tonight's the night to get real, to get right. And, and I'll never forget, Robert just looks at me, he says, okay, you're in charge. And he just sits down and I'm thinking, okay, all right. And before I could say anything, Kids just began to go to one another and minister to one another. This kid's over here speaking in tongues. This one's prophesying. And these kids are getting saved. They're just, they're weeping because they encounter Jesus. They meet Jesus. Can I tell you, It didn't go well when they went back home to church to tell their parents about the new encounter they'd had with Jesus because mom and daddy, instead of being excited about them, said, no, 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 no. Back when you were a little kid, you got baptized, you did this, that, and the other. And they tried to talk them out of their encounter with Jesus. Church, let's never do that. Fresh baptisms every day. Fresh encounters, fresh, you know, it don't matter what the date is. I know Billy Graham wouldn't like that, but it don't matter what your date was, what's your newest, freshest encounter with Jesus, right? That's what generational, revelational legacy looks like. Lastly, and and we'll go quickly, um, the kingdom legacy is generational, And uh, I just want to say this, you know, one of the things I love as I read through the book of Genesis is the numbers of times that Scripture talks about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So God makes a covenant. Let's take a look at that in Genesis 12. God makes a covenant with Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant. He says to him, the Lord had said to Abram, Go from the country of your people, your father's household to the land I will show you and I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great and you will be a blessing. What's happening here? I call it the Abrahamic two-step. <laughs> God, God makes coming up with Abraham. said, listen, here's the bottom line of this deal. You're gonna be great because I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna give you such favor. You're gonna be blessed. But you're gonna be blessed in order to be a blessing to others. The whole world's gonna come to me because of you and the blessing that's on you and that you will point them to me. Hello? that—that That is the message. That's still the good news today. Still the good news today. Jesus fulfilled that Abrahamic covenant, covenant and this deal is still, we're the most blessed people in the world. Why? Because of what Jesus has already accomplished for us on the cross. There's nothing we've done that we can boast of. It's all the finished work of Jesus. And so in our blessedness, we get to help other people say, listen, I'm here to bring good news to you. The work's already been done. All you have to do is be enlightened, get that firsthand revelation and say yes to what Jesus has already accomplished for you. Somebody here just got free to be an evangelist. Is it really that easy? Yep. Yep. You don't have to twist anybody's tail or you don't have to try to make them do something or say the right prayer or do that. All you have to do is give them an encounter with Jesus that only he can give and that he's already given by his finished work on the cross. That's good news. Now let's, real real quickly, let's look at one or two other passages and I'm just gonna point to you the words, a few words here in uh, uh, Genesis 26, the Lord appears to Isaac. He has a firsthand revelation. And he he says to him, go ahead and, and keep it rolling there. He says to him in verse three, he says, I'm going, I will be with you and I will bless you and to you and your descendants, I will give all the lands and will confirm the oath that I swore with your father, Abraham. What's he saying? Same deal. I want you to know you're blessed because of your father's obedience but in the covenant there, you get it all. You get the blessing so that you can be a blessing to all nations, the whole world. Look at the last scripture here in Genesis uh, chapter 28. Jacob, Jacob stood uh, there beside Jacob stood the Lord. He says, I'm the Lord God, your are Uh, of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac and I will give you and your descendants the land on which you're lying and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you and I'll be with you and I'll watch over you wherever you go. And Abraham in verse 16, it says, wakes up from his sleep and he thinks, surely the Lord is in this place and I wasn't even aware of it. Hello? Some of us, are not even aware of the presence of God. We're not even aware of the blessings that are ours generationally that some people have paid the price for and all we have to do is say, yes, yes, I receive it and yes, I'll run with a baton my leg of the race so that more people will know the good news that can set them free to be fully the covenant people God called them to be. You know, I... I, I um, We make a big deal out of sin in our culture. A lot of times church culture. You know what I think the bigger deal is? I think the bigger deal is idolatry. I think think we have idols that we won't give up. And when the scripture says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, they're missing the mark, we're missing the mark. You know what that means? We're living less than God created us to live We're not not entertaining our covenant vocation in Christ. The same covenant that was given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it's ours today. And it's ours to pass on today. I'll give you one last scripture here, maybe. Look at this in 2 Timothy. Paul says it this way. You then, my son, Timothy, be strong. In the grace that is in Christ Jesus. That's a pretty important verse there. He's not saying just gut it out and try hard and come to church more. He's saying the grace that is in Christ Jesus is your strength. He says, and the things that you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust those to reliable people who will be qualified to teach others. What's he saying here? He's saying there is this relational generational chain that I'm talking about. In the same way that I shared the gospel with you, you share it, Timothy, with reliable people. And those reliable people will so get that firsthand revelation that they'll share it with others. And guess what? We today sit here because of the others. We today pass the generation on, the generation, the, The generational legacy on because we're part of that chain. I wish I had time to to talk more about that. But what is he saying? He's saying we've got to have this generational thinking of passing the faith along. We've got to understand that this is what kingdom legacy is all about. What what is here's the question: what are you passing on to the next generation? Are you passing what you've received? Or perhaps are you passing a bigger vision than you received? See, see, the good news just got so much bigger and better for me. I grew up in a generation where it's like if you do this, 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 to say this prayer, then you get to go to heaven. Can I tell you it's it's a lot bigger than that? We get to bring heaven to earth. We get to live for the kingdom of God. We get to live in simple, pure devotion to Jesus. Jesus plus nothing, 100%. Huh? We get get to be a people that lives on the right side of the cross in all the benefits that are ours because of what Jesus did for us. Something new is happening. Something new is happening, okay? And, And we get to be ambassadors, representatives of this kingdom. Something new has happened. So I want us to conclude our time this morning with communion together. So I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet. And I want us to look at communion, if you, if you would, at the top, just tear that top thin face off and pull out the little wafer. And we're gonna celebrate this morning something that is generationally impacting. Do do, do you realize how many millions of people this very day are celebrating the Eucharist, the thanksgiving for what Jesus did for us? And we get to do that. Now, it's, it's revelational. We're celebrating that Jesus was unveiled and made clear and true and real to us. Right now, this very moment, we're, we're celebrating that I am in relationship with Jesus. God was in Christ reconciling the entire cosmos to himself, not counting man's sins against them. That's good news. That's good news. The question is, have you trusted that good news and received the goodness of Jesus? So I'm gonna, right now, we're just gonna receive. Lord Jesus, we receive your goodness. We receive your finished work and we take you in. Just take that way for him. God, we just savor your goodness. Mm. As we take it in, God, we're just so reminded that it's, it's you, the bread of life. It's in you that we live and move and have our being, Jesus. We're so grateful, Lord. We're just so grateful. And in the bottom part of your cup there, just go ahead and lift the the next layer there. Jesus said on that night, as he was with his 12 there in that upper room, he said this, is the blood of my new covenant. Something new has happened. Something new is getting ready to happen, he said, but it's happened. It's real, something new and better that we partake of, because we are now part of the new covenant. The new covenant that fulfilled that old Abrahamic covenant. We're sons and daughters of Abraham because of King Jesus. So Lord Jesus, we receive the covenant blood washed away all our sins and by the stripes the blood that you shed healing has come we're healed in Jesus whatever your need is just give it over to Jesus as you receive the drink just say thank you Jesus mm. God I thank you that we join generations generations celebrate, have celebrated, will yet celebrate this covenant meal. Lord, we say we want to be that people that steps into all that you have for us in this season, in this time, because you're no longer at the tomb. You're living inside of us and through us, and we're grateful. In Jesus' name, Amen.